Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. Hashtag Lol Mets is back in vogue as the Mets lose again 2 to nothing. They're shut out. Jacob DeGrom has been... Phenomenal uh, for weeks here for the Mets, and they can't win any games uh, despite that. So, Pete McCarthy, Sal Licata with you in the Sports Zone tonight. Uh, we've got you for the next three hours. We'll take your Mets calls, 800-321-0710. The number, again, 800-321-0710. And, Sal, you like to think that the Mets, once they went to the World Series in 2015, that you know, those lol Mets, the laughing stock days what had is that? passed. L- L- LOL, you talking Hashtag, about? Hashtag, yeah, oh, laugh okay. out loud Mets. Okay. Yeah, you never heard from... that one? Okay. I well. mean, no, I've heard laugh out loud Mets. I have, I don't, I've never heard it referred to as lol. Lol Mets, yeah. Lol, lol Mets, okay. Yeah. I get it now. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, anyway, but we're back to those days right now where they are an absolute punchline. 15 runs scored over the last 11 games, and it's beyond, oh, what? Well, can they do to fix the team? They need to do this. They need to change that. It's just laughable what is happening with this team uh, over the last few weeks here. It's well, I don't know if it's laughable. I uh, would, it depends on where you are in the spectrum. Uh, I guess. I Saturday night, I wasn't laughing. Uh, I, Today, yeah. when they're getting no hit in the seventh inning, I chuckled. Uh, like, are you kidding me? I'd rather take my bat to the TV. I mean, I think it's more angry and frustrating than anything else. And you know, at some point, it'd be nice if they did something. This this team is better than what they are performing like. They have good starting pitching. They need to do something. Enough sitting on your hands and watching it happen and waiting for a different result because it is the same thing day in, day out. The same thing. They get no hit for five innings. They end up with a hit, two, three hits. They don't score any runs, and they lose games. They haven't won back-to-back games in over a month. It is the same thing. So get off your rear ends and do something about it. If I talked to you before the game, Sal, I I said, how does this game play out with Jacob deGrom on the hill against Mike Soroka? Could you not have almost predicted it to a T? The score, the the T, to the no hits until the seventh inning. The ground will be out after seven or eight. The bullpen will come in, give up the tack on run, and the Mets will get blank. To Soroka picking up his second big league win. They're both against the Mets. He's coming off shoulder inflammation. Can't pitch that deep into the game. Does anyway because you know it's first pitch swinging and nobody can do anything. They can't get anybody on base. Jay Bruce makes the final out of the game on a pop up. I mean, all of these things. It's the same game every single day. It's Groundhog's Day. I feel like. Well, wouldn't you do something different if you're them? If you are, are they actually <laughs> well, seriously? They do they care about winning well, or is this not, more about developing? Well, listen, they changed the lineup and moved Nimmo to third. No, no, no I mean actually do they something. They cut Adrian Gonzalez, and they have Gonzalez probably had one of the best averages on the team. By the way, when they cut him, what was he hitting? Two forty. Yeah, not even. Yeah, and that's about fifty points higher than everybody else. He has no business sticking around. Uh, I didn't say that, but is he not? Is his batting average not better than half the guys on the team? Yeah, they'd be terrible. Okay, all but the way so, so so the answer is not cutting Adrian Gonzalez, who has one of the highest averages. It's well, got to be something well, different. You know, this is what I see: is everyone change, change? It needs to be changed. Right. What is there to do? A fire a hitting coach. Right, what do you mean? Fire a hitting coach. A sacrificial lamb to an angry fan base. Is that really going to make them an angry come fan out base. and score runs? No, no. They got to wake up the. Pl- this has nothing to do with the fan base. It has to do with the team. It has to do with the team. Send Michael Conforto. Hey, Conforto doesn't want to get sent down. Well, I got news for you. Start hitting. Bench Jay Bruce, the useless Jay Bruce. Oh, he's going to use injuries as an excuse. Fine. Sit him down. Get somebody up. I'd rather see Ty Kelly. I want to see somebody. They need to do something. That is the point. You cannot continue doing what they're doing. I'll say today was the first day that I saw effort 
alertness, focus issues with this team. A lack of effort, a lack of trying has not been their issue over the last few weeks overall. Today I saw it, but for the most part, their problem has probably been the opposite. They're putting too much pressure on themselves. They're all trying too hard. There isn't that trust that the Mm -hmm. next guy in the lineup is going to get things done, and that's what you need to have that pass-the-baton kind of offense. There's not one guy who's hitting in this lineup who they can trust to save them on a given day. I think this team is just under immense pressure, and it's not a matter of not trying. They're trying too much, and uh, again, there were some plays in the outfield today that were dismal, but this isn't this isn't a team that's just given up or lost it, but they're going to be on the precipice of that if they don't start winning some games. So is firing a hitting coach, is that really, they, they just need a shake-up? I mean, well, well, they, need you to, tell- they need a magician to go in there or something. They Why? need a comedian in the clubhouse to like get them to relax a little bit. Are we talking about players who haven't performed at the major league level before, or are we talking about guys who actually proved that they can't hit at this, at this level? 50-50. No, the majority of guys in that lineup have proven that they can hit at the big league level. Conforto, Frazier, Nimmo, Bruce, fine. The other half oh, of the Drupal, lineup, uh, no. Drupal Cabrera, what do you mean? Drupal Cabrera. All right, so five guys. I mean, uh, the point is they have enough there, and that's you're hoping when Cespedes comes back. They're sitting around waiting for Cespedes to come back like that's going to change everything. It's not. Something needs to be done. These guys, are. you're right, they're more in their heads than anything else, so something needs to be done. I'm not saying they should go fire the hitting coach, but something has to be done. You can't sit on your hands and watch this team sink and throw away what could be a decent season built around good starting pitching. They're now eight games under 500. At what point is somebody going to do something? Go bring in a professional bat. Take on a salary from a, from a veteran team, whatever. A veteran player from a team that's out of it. Go do something. You can't do nothing. You want Hanley? I, that would be better than what they have. Do something. Start Reyes every day? If it were me, what I would do, I, I'd probably fire all the coaches. Okay? I'd fire I'm not, not saying Mickey you know, Fire Coward. a whole staff? I, I, two months, two and a half months Hey, in? hey. They're not getting it done. Uh, well, obviously you leave Island. You can leave Island with Callaway. We know that. I'd fire the bench coach. I'd fire the hitting coach. I, after last night's debacle, I don't know what Gary DeSarcina is doing. I'd rather. Have I don't know what he's doing either. Be honest. With you. If, if there's one thing that I've just become absolutely fed up with, it is watching Mickey Callaway learn how to manage in the National League. He has no okay. idea what he is doing with double switches, with handling the bullpen. I think Mickey Callaway would be fine managing in the American League. I think he has the tools to be a successful manager. In that way, he has no idea how to manage a National League game, and his bench coach, D. Sarcina, has no experience with it either. It's been a mess. And this has been an issue all season long. They've managed 60 something games now at this point in the season, and they're still making. 101 managerial mistakes right. just in terms of double switches and you know if they want to get multiple innings out of a pitcher how many times are we going to watch a relief pitcher bat for this team uh, they don't know what they're doing so obviously it's too early to say you're going to fire Callaway I'd fire everybody around him except for Island for now and I'd keep those two intact but is the whole but thing supposed beginning. to be that the front office you know helps these uh, young managers along they don't have as much power in the dugout now where is so in the front office to say this is not how you manage a National League game. This needs to be better. Why isn't that happening? And you're seeing no improvements on that. At least you can understand there's a mistake. Okay, batting at order. Okay, you don't double switch there, but you should be doing that next time, and they don't. They continue not to do it. That's one thing, and I hate calling for people's jobs, but this is a situation where something needs to change. It's not just going to take Callaway flipping a table and yelling at guys. They've had the meeting. That didn't work. They've moved around the lineup. That didn't work. They've cut Adrian Gonzalez. That didn't work. So I would look to make a more significant move, and then what I 
I would do is trim the fat immediately. Reyes, Batista, Robles, Blevins, all of them, gone. And get some new guys in here. Now, you're going to say, well, that's short-sighted, Sal, because we don't have anybody else out there that's better. Hey, you know something? Tim Peterson has been in the bullpen. I think it was June 2nd against the Cubs. He pitched two scoreless innings. Where has he been since? Why am I looking at Paul Seawald and watching Robles get up and Blevins continues to come in? They need to do something different. They continue to do the same thing over and over and over, and they expect that it's going to change. And Callaway looks like a deer in headlights again in the postgame. Eyes wide open. No, we're just going to stay the course. The message to the fans, our guys are going to come out of it. Oh, really? Well, it's June 13th. You're going to come out of it when? You're going to be buried before the All-Star break. Well, here's the story, Sal. They're a season low, eight games under 500. They're nine and a half games back of the Atlanta Braves in the division. Fangraphs, playoff odds, and I know you hate this stuff, right. but their playoff odds are down to 4.7%. Right. Well, I don't need Fangraphs to tell me that point. the Mets aren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> I watch the team, and I understand. Well, that, that would be my question. You're calling for changes. Do this, do that. Is it already too late for this team to rally back, to, to buck up, and put themselves in a position to be a contender, not by the end of the season, but before the trade deadline. That's when they have to prove that they can be a contender. That's only a month and a half away. Yeah, no, I don't think it's too late, which is why I'm so fired up about it. Enough. They should have done something a week ago, two weeks ago, and they didn't. And here we are again. It reminds me of 2015, the beginning of 2015, where you're just dying for them to do something and add. Now it's not about adding and getting over the hump the way it was in 15. Now it's about salvaging what's left of this 2018 season. They have enough to where they can get it turned around, but something needs to be done now. Because Pete, mathematically, if you're not if you're not a 500 team by the All-Star break, and for me, the mark I would look at it would be, I think it's July 12th when they play the Nats for four games at City Field going into the All-Star break. If they're not 500 by then or a game or two under, they have no chance. Mathematically, they're going to be buried here. But right now, it's not too late. Well, I'll give you the numbers on that. So it's 30 games until the All-Star break. Okay. The Mets need to go 19-11 and 11 just to be a 500 team. At the All-Star break. It could happen, but obviously... You've got to look a, at the schedule. The schedule is not well, it doesn't conducive really, to that kind of run. I mean, it doesn't really matter, right? I would have told you, well, they're playing the Orioles, they'll play the Marlins. They've lost both those series when they recently <laughs> played the Marlins and the Orioles. That's so, not exactly helping the yeah, argument that they're in it. No, they got to start... But here, here's why I say it's salvageable. Because the starting pitching has been so good. 99... Or I shouldn't say 99 times out of 100, but... 85% of the time, you're going to win the games the way that the Mets have been playing with the starting pitching. You think I mean, so? it's on Pete, it is on, if you tried to lose Jacob deGrom games the way that he's pitching, you, it would be hard to do that. You want, you want the Elias number on this? So the Mets are, are making some history behind yeah. Jacob deGrom here, as you might imagine. This is from Elias. The Mets 2-8 and eight record in deGrom's last 10 starts, in which he pitched to a 0.87 ERA is the fewest wins by a team in a 10-start span by a pitcher with that low in ERA since earned runs became official in both leagues starting in 1913. I mean, look. That's where we're at. I mean, they're making history. That's it's almost impossible to do. Give them credit. It was impossible until the Mets came along. Uh, That's what I mean. So that you would think is going to change, but they do need to do something to, to get a different result. Dude, I, you know, I'm looking back, the, the all-time season for a pitcher just outperforming the rest of his team and, and carrying them or doing what he could on those days, Felix Hernandez when he won the Cy Young Award in 2010, right? And the Mariners went 17-17 and in Felix's starts, despite the fact that he had a 2.14 ERA. The Mets are actually worse 
with DeGrom on the mound, and DeGrom has pitched better than Felix did in 2010. He might not throw as many innings as Felix did that season, but that's like, that was the game changer as far as the Cy Young, that Felix threw so well that even you know, the, the old school guys who believe in wins, the 13 and 12 pitcher can't win the Cy Young, even they had to say, yeah, Felix Hernandez was the right. best in the league. And DeGrom's been better than Felix was that year, and yet the Mets have worse results as a team despite it. It's almost impossible to do. So you tip your cap to them for doing the impossible yet again. It's not just about DeGrom either. I know that that was the narrative maybe a few weeks ago. I get it today after another DeGrom start, but it's everybody else. I mean, everybody else is starting is doing a decent job in the starting rotation. The Mets just can't score. They can't hit. You turn it on fifth inning, forget, they're not, they don't have a hit. I mean, it has been the norm that the Mets have been getting no hit through the first four or five innings of these ball games here. No, they're averaging a little over four. Hits per game. If you, <laughs> if, you know, That's maybe amazing. maybe we should get Manfred on the phone and ask him for another rule change while they're looking over trying to change baseball. If you give the Mets two runs per hit, maybe that would help them out. And I still don't even think they'd win some of these ball games. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. Uh, they blow it late. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. The number again. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. Uh, we all have a chance to vent here about the Mets. Sal is clearly in the anchor stage still. I hit that Saturday night. If you listen, then you heard all, all my rantings and ravings. I'm starting to hit the acceptance uh, spot over here. Where are you on the whole uh, range of emotions you could be on this Mets team? And if you are in the mood to rant, we'll, of course, listen to you. 800-321-0710. Uh, a couple of th- other things to dive into, of course, here. Obviously, uh, Terry Collins going viral. Would this team be in any better shape if Terry Collins were? shepherding them rather than Mickey Calloway, one of the big decisions the Mets made at the end of last season, and uh, much more as we go forward here. Going until 9 o'clock after the Mets, uh, another loss 2 nothing at the hands of the Atlanta Braves. It's the Sports Zone. Pete McCarthy, Sal Licata on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. And for details. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. Uh, the Mets shut out. Shocker! 2 nothing to the Atlanta Braves. Swept in the two games in Atlanta. They are now nine and a half games out of first place. Behind the first place Atlanta Braves, which at the start of the season would have sounded uh, rather wild, but they've proven to be a, a real solid team. The pitching's been far better than uh, I certainly expected from them, and, and they've been able to get things done. And the Mets, obviously, it's been the same old story for weeks now with this team as they cannot score any runs before. Before that, there was that stretch where they were scoring runs, but the bullpen blew five, six games, in, or, or you know, six out of eight games, something like that. And it's just they have found ways to lose games, and, and all close. It's not even like they're getting twelve right, to two losses all the time. You know, that would be more indicative of a truly bad team. But it's been immensely frustrating watching this Mets because they're in all these games and there's a managerial move you could point to or an error or a bad at bat. And and just it always seems like they're one positive thing away and that thing has not come through. Think about the mathematical uh, aspect of it. They start 12 and 2. It is June 13th and they are eight games under. 500. I mean, that is hard to do. And I was thinking about this too because this has been this has been the worst season that I can remember in many years. But there has not been a good regular season, a non-frustrating regular season from start to finish, probably since 2006. I know 15 ended up great, but in the beginning it was frustrating yes. and infuriating. Get somebody here. You're still watching Mayberry and Campbell and all that. 16 ravaged by injury. It wasn't until the final month that they turned it on to get to the wild card. 
outside of that, Pete, do you realize they, I mean, they've won, obviously they won the 90 games in 2015, but they haven't even come close since, and in 07, 08, obviously, you know, the collapses. Yeah, I think this is the lowest point for the Mets franchise since those collapses in 07, 08. But that's a long time. Yeah. And this is a really low point, and it's not just that the season is getting away. It is their window closing on them in the middle of all of this, where, as Sandy Alderson acknowledged yesterday, within two or three weeks, they have to make some serious decisions as to... Can they retool this team again for 2019 and take another shot? Or do they have to look ahead to 2020, 2021, or even beyond? And you know that's where you get into all the who should right. know, be traded kind of talk, which we'll have plenty of time for over the course of the next week. But that's the low point. Is, is this team, when you looked at it, when I looked at it, and say I, I just didn't see it or I'm full, whatever, but when I looked at it after 2015, even after 2016, I saw enough there that they could have sustainable success. And now, a year and a half, two years later, I don't see that anymore. Yeah, they see, don't have the, the talent in the system. They don't have uh, the young players coming up. And and you wonder about, you know, you want to assess how many games can he play? And, and some of these other well, it just depends on long-term contract. It just depends on how they approach it. Look, the toughest thing to find in the sport is still starting pitching. I understand that you don't want to be built. See, the Mets made mistakes by keeping all five of the guys instead of trying to trade some of them then, years ago, to create some balance. So now we're here, and now everybody, oh, well, let's trade the best ones. That's not how I would do it. The hardest thing, and we'll get into that, as you said, we've got plenty of shows the next uh, five days or so doing these games with the Mets on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. But the way I would do it is try to build around those guys because starting pitching is still the hardest thing to find in the sport. You need to have a balance, and they should take advantage of the window with these guys still here, still performing. Even a guy like Lugo, who was never mentioned, obviously, amongst those Big Five, but now you have him as a weapon. He could be another arm in there behind DeGrom, Syndergaard. You have Mats as well, who's still under team control for a while, so they have different ways to do this. If the starting pitching was bad, all bets were off. I'd say blow it up and change everything, but because you have what is a hard thing to find in the sport... You need to build around it, and it's all about how they're going to try to do that moving forward. But that's why, you know, again, to me, this is such a low point because that is what is on the line. That they have some pieces, and even some young position players like Conforto, like Nimmo, like Rosario, that you're supposed to be able to build around. And we're seeing some frustrating results from all those guys I just named, except for you know, really Nimmo. Uh, and you know, these are these are the decisions that are coming up. But let's get uh, some calls going here. 800-321-0710. A lot of frustration with the manager, Mickey Calloway. And we'll start with Mary in Huntington. Hi, Mary. Hi, guys. How are you? Not good, huh? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I came to the show late tonight. I heard you talking about um, some of the things that you think Callaway has done wrong. I agree with you. Um, I'm just wondering, how long was he signed for to be the manager? Three years. I'm sorry? Three years. Three years. So there's no way. But they had to know going in. Now, maybe I was foolish for overlooking it. I was blown away by Callaway. We sat with him, interviewed him a couple of times. I thought he was going to be, you know what, in the new analytics mold that everybody's going with, the guy seems smart, maybe he'll know what he's doing here. You figure, just like most front offices figure, that it shouldn't be that difficult to actually make the moves on a game-to-game basis. Clearly, he struggled with that. But you had to think, Mary, that they knew a first-time manager, especially in New York, there were going to be some bumps along the road. 
I agree. But, you know, I feel sorry for him because he is new to this profession. But, oh, my God, like you said, everything's spiraling out of control. It's just you don't know where to start picking up the pieces. It's horrible. I can't even remember. I do remember they won all those games in the beginning. How did they do it, though? I can't remember. Who was hitting? Who was doing great? It's like, what happened? They weren't hitting homers necessarily, but they won through nine. We're making some things happen. They looked spry early in the year. Uh, They were aggressive on the bases. I think you have an older team. The bumps and the bruises start to add up, and... You're not going to have the same spring in your legs even by June. I think that's been a factor too. Even with the 12 and two start, the the biggest difference from now uh, and then was the bullpen. The bullpen was lights out at the beginning, but Callaway overused them. We talked about it. Starters weren't going deep in the games at all, and they were overusing the bullpen. But the guys that we the people said they were overusing were Lugo and Gaselman, and both right. those guys are still going well. So I don't think you can blame it well, on G- that. But Gaselman hasn't even been used the way that he was then. I mean, now he needs three days off to pitch an inning, yeah. and they're trying to nurse. I mean. Come on, give me a break. With, with now, all of a sudden, now they're trying to rescue Zellman. But the bullpen was lights out then. The offense, remember, Cespedes was struggling, but he had a couple of big hits. Frazier, same thing. A couple of big hits. Cabrera was carrying the team. Mm-hmm. They were getting timely hits, but this, the offense still wasn't great then, even through the 12-2 first 14 games. It wasn't home runs. Right. They weren't hitting for power even then, and that's something this team's supposed to be able to do. Uh, 800-321-0710. Nick in Franklin Square knows who should lead the Mets. What's up, Nick? Hey, Pete, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Sal? What's up, I Nick? I you guys every night. I love your show. Thanks, Thanks. Nick. The first, thing I, the first thing I want to say is I want to vote Sal Licata for the new Met manager. Well, thank up. you, Nick. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, why? Based on, based on why? You think I'd fire, the, fire up the troops? You definitely got to fire up the troops because I got to tell you, the outfield, Conforto cannot play center field for nothing. He, he's not a center fielder. We should have Nimmo in center field instead of him. And we should go back to the days in 86 where we had the first two, three batters, Al Rabbits, Backman and Dykstra. Play Reyes. Put Reyes in there and Nimmo and Batista. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Guys to play. <laughs> Now I know you. Now I know why you wanted me to manage. You're crazy, Nick. You want to, you want to, you want me to manage. You want to play Reyes, put Nimmo in center, Nick. Yeah, come Batista on, every day. I will say I'd rather see Batista than some of the other guys for now. I I like Batista. I think you can start for them at first base or right field at Give the it, moment. He gives at least he gives quality at bats. He's, now, I don't like think it close. would last with him. Because he's got some spring in his step right now. I think if you started playing every day, he'd lose that. But he has looked like a decent player. He hasn't hit for power in terms of home runs, but he's hit the ball hard. I'll tell you, I trusted him in a spot against Chapman the other night. You just, I feel like Batista, right-handed bat, I, I still feel... Look, compared to watching the rest of the guys, I don't have a problem with Batista. I do like his point about Conforto and Senator, because I was thinking about that today, too, that... Yeah, and we talked about this in the offseason. Lorenzo Cain, who's having a terrific year with the Brewers, they don't have a real center fielder. Mm-hmm. And it's back to the point about how they're not constructed properly, and that needs to change. Now, Conforto's faking it in center. You have Jay Bruce, who they've talked about his futures at first base. Now, you want to Cespedes. His future seems to be at first base. The best prospect they have at the upper levels of the minors is a first baseman. Yeah. You don't have much athleticism here besides Ahmed Rosario at shortstop, and he's so raw 
that he's learning the game as he goes, it, it seems, right? It's it's a problem. Yeah. I mean, it, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Remember when they got Richard Hidalgo? I think it was about uh, 2000, 2004, because I was just looking that up today. I remember, remember, you he remember went on that? a tear. But the point was they were struggling early in the season, mm-hmm. and they made that deal right around this time of the year. I forget the exact date, but it was in June, before the deadline. And they brought in Richard Hidalgo. And the Astros got rid of him, whatever. That's the type of move that they need to make now. Uh, maybe not something that's going to be, oh, this is a great player for, you know, for the next three, four years. They just need something like that to change it all. Didn't they do that with Batista? Isn't Batista exactly no, that kind of so. guy? I don't think so. I think Batista's off the scrap heap. I'd rather have a guy that other teams aren't cutting, Pete. Maybe trade with another team. For I don't mind Batista for what he is, but there's too much of that right now. Can they you need- give up something to, to try to save this team? I and mean, that's the thing. They've almost sunk to the point where it's not worth putting more into the fire here. Well, I'm not talking about just to save this team. I'm talking about change the look of it as well. Well, that's but, a bigger Twofold. Trade. I think it's twofold. But not, not pare it down. I want to, at the same time, you're going to give something to get something naturally, but I want to change it up, and in the process of changing it up, you hope that it improves the ball club. But that's the argument to trade DeGrom. No, for me it would not be DeGrom. But it is, because you want to change what the strengths are, and it doesn't have to be DeGrom, but that's that's what we're kind of talking about here, right? The strength of the starting pitching and the weakness being the lack of athleticism. That's what you got to get, and this is what you have to give. Wheeler or Mats, Mm -hmm. Nimmo, Rosario, uh, any really anybody else outside? Uh, I would even at this point, I'd even consider. Now you, you would never do it because you're not going to get uh, the proper value at this time. But Conforto, I think all hands aside from Degrom should be on deck, and probably Syndergaard too. I, I'm not going to bend on that either. I would not trade him. All right, we're going to fly through some calls when we come back. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten, and that will be a topic that we'll be in and out of for uh, for the foreseeable uh, yeah, future for the next few months. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, it looks that way. Uh, Sports Hill, people, Carthy Salicata, the Voice of New York, seven ten W O R. Now more of the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. Uh, let's take some calls uh, here from you guys as the Mets try to get things right. Uh, however they're trying here. 800-321-0710, the number to get involved. John on Long Island has an answer for the Mets. Who you got, John? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks, John. There's a professional hitter out there that's for the taking right now who has huge second halves of the season in Hanley Ramirez, who sit firmly at first base for a while until we get Alonso up here. I think Hanley would have made sense two weeks ago, but with Wilmer Flores on the way back, I think they're the exact same player. They don't have defensive position. They are right-handed bats with some pop, and they don't have any athleticism. Well, Hanley's a better hitter, though. You'd agree with that. Hanley's a better offensive player. Do you want to cut Flores and have Hanley I know, knock I yourself know, out? But I, know I, I would saying. rather just stick with Flores and not make the move. I They're know too similar. To no, exactly. Not enough to go out there and get him because he's got only first base. But he is a better. I mean, he's a better hitter than Flores. You agree, John? What's your case for Hanley? Well, he's a big run producer. No, he was. Well, he's been, yeah. Well, he still drives in 80 runs a year, you know, in a full season. Well, he's hitting in the middle of one of the better lineups in baseball. Yeah, well, that's what we need. We need somebody. We got to assume that uh, we're not going to have a left fielder coming back in Cespedes this year. And and that might be the case, but I I think Flores is the guy that blocks Hanley, in my opinion. I think it's time for the Mets to to take some medicine and start cutting guys. I mean, it's it's obvious. 
Well, well, yeah, I, I, you know, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, some of the guys they do, but that's the problem that you have, Pete, with the construction of this team. Yeah. They're limited to what they could do. Yeah. I mean, what is? I look. I want Hamlin Ramirez more than the next guy, but ultimately, you're right. What, what's he gonna? You're going to put him at first base? That's it. All he can do is sit there at first base. Now, he's a right-handed bat. You'd hope that could produce. But then if you do that, then you have nowhere for Flores. So what do you do? I mean, does Flores have any trade value? I doubt it at this point. I'd rather have Hanley than Wilmer, but it's not enough of an upgrade for me to scream and yell and go get Hanley Ramirez like it's going to make that much of a difference. Yeah, and you still have a couple of years of Wilmer, who has had a role on this team over the years. And I know you've soured on Wilmer. But well, he stinks. He's, he's not a good hit baseball the lefties. player. You know, that's what he's he, been able to do over the years, and so Not far this, this year. year it hasn't yeah. happened. Uh, Tom in New Jersey, what are your thoughts on the Mets, Tom? Yeah, how you doing, gentlemen? Good. I, I, I got to tell you, after Sunday night's game against the Yankees, I was feeling really good. I was saying, wow, we shut out the Yankees. Maybe this is going to spark the team. We're going to Atlanta. I'm thinking, boy, two good games in Atlanta. Maybe we can turn this around. And I got to tell you, they are so flat in Atlanta they look lifeless. They they look like they've given up. The exact opposite. Well, they look like an old team win. playing a day game after a night game today, and they look That's, like a team that has the weight of the world on their shoulders. Yeah, I mean, what I'm thinking, I I mean, this team is so bad. It's become so. It's got to be the manager. So he he must have lost this team. There's got to be something underlying going on that we are unaware of because you don't see a team do this badly. I mean, all the years I've been watching baseball, something's definitely wrong there. I, I mean, do said, I do agree with that, time that when they had a chance, look, teams are going to go into swoons, right? Teams are going to struggle a little bit. And when they did, they needed a veteran manager. They needed a guy to lift them out of it or to say the right things or to do the right things to help them along. And Callaway didn't do that. As a matter of fact, I think he hurt them. And to me, that furthered the fall. That for, furthered the spiral. In Callaway's words, after the Nationals game, they don't want to go into a spiral, and they did exactly that. I'm not blaming all the problems on Mickey Callaway, but he has not helped, and maybe there is something underlying. Because look, if we know it and we see that he's overmatched, you don't think the players see that? Well, and 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 the players certainly notice. But the big reason they brought in Mickey Callaway, besides his pitching ability with the pitching staff to help those guys, and you could say he's been reasonably successful there, uh, but. He was brought in to set a, a different kind of atmosphere, a different kind of environment that would allow guys to prosper and you know to not have guys feel like they're under pressure all the time, right? I mean, that's I think the point of his press conference, initial press conference, he said, "I'm going to love the players." Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a supportive environment, and uh, yeah, obviously one that had accountability as well. But what you've seen is. This team has more pressure on them than they ever would have with a, a screamer a, as a manager. And the atmosphere around this team, because of the losing and because of the way this offense has just fallen apart, it has to be awful around this team right now. They're tight. They feel it. Uh, you know, Mickey talked about this uh, a little bit today in terms of Jacob DeGrom and how specifically when DeGrom is on the hill, there is a different atmosphere in the dugout. They know. Um, you don't have to say anything to them. They know. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it's very evident in the dugout um, during the game when, when it's tough to score for, for Jacob right now. Um, so there's, there's no need to say anything. So the dugout went from 
hey, we believe we're going to win. That's what you always heard from Mickey Calloway for months. Hey, yeah. we believe in the dugout. We're going to win this game, even when they weren't winning. So now he's really acknowledging this Paul that has been cast throughout the whole team. And yes, it's when DeGrom is on the hill, but you got to think it's following them tomorrow when it's game after game after it, game. It's like been this. the same thing. And you know what? He could sit there and say, well, you don't have to say anything. They know it. Well, you got to say something. Well, say a, tell a joke, loosen them up, have some fun, smile, laugh. I, if you want to yell and scream and throw a Gatorade jug, who, whatever. But you got to do something. You can't just sit there and say, well, they know about it and let it continue to happen. It has been a problem. Mickey Callaway has been a problem here. It's a bad fit for this team. I We said it at the time, or at least I said it at the time, I thought they should have kept Collins one more year. And this way, if they started badly this year... You naturally fire the manager, and you get somebody else in here the year after. Now, once they decided to move on from Collins, I understood fresh breath, uh, you know, uh, fresh voice in there, right? Different feel for it, and you like Callaway Analytics, new guy, but doesn't fit the veteran win now team so much. More so would be with a rebuilding team would be the right spot for Callaway. And there's been a lot of talk about Terry Collins. We're now, especially with this video going viral. If you're not aware of it, it's uh, from. May of 2016, when Noah Syndergaard threw behind Chase Utley as retaliation for what happened in the NLDS, and Terry Collins came out, defended his guy when Syndergaard was run out of the game, and there's a lot of colorful language in there that people enjoy, but you saw the passion of Terry Collins. So a natural question today, after people seeing that and remember what Terry Collins brought to the table was... Should, did they make a mistake letting Terry Collins go? And we'll investigate that when we come back. Uh, we can take some more calls, too. 800-321-0710. We have Mets tickets for you to win a little bit later on in the show. And uh, we'll continue to take some calls and talk some Mets here on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. All right, your chance to win Mets tickets coming up. We'll continue taking your phone calls here, 800-321-0710. And uh, I threw out the, the Terry Collins versus Mickey Calloway argument. A lot mm-hmm. of Mets fans happening uh, having these days. We'll hit that at the top of the 7 o'clock hour coming up. But we'll continue taking your calls right now. Bob in Oakland, you think it's not Mickey Calloway's fault, Bob? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good to talk to you. too. Hey, what, what do you call uh, – I, I just think too much of the talk is about Calloway. I mean – uh, you know what the Wilpons should like just if if they want to show me they care it's like just get rid of Alderson I mean he's he's just built a complete mess of, uh, mess here and I mean I don't know what I don't know what Callaway can do there's really no options there's nobody to call up these the, the star prospect Rosario is just a complete sham I mean it's he's not he's, but he's wrong he, oh really you know. I mean, but but like, I don't know what what mood they're like. Oh, we got to get rid of Reyes. Oh, we got to do this. I mean, we got Louis Gourmet. There's no, there's no triple. There might not, as well not even be a triple A team. I mean, it's just like Alderson is just comp- the the team is a house of cards. They were a house of cards when they were going eleven one. They had everybody fooled, smoking theirs, and this is what they are. I mean, they're just like. It's just, it's just, he's built a complete mess. No, I, mean, I think no. there's a lot of truth to that, and thanks, Bob. Sal, real quick, who would you blame more if you had to assess the blame, Sandy or Mickey, for where the Mets are right now? I think the roster is not constructed properly, but Mickey Calloway, Sandy Olsen is a legit GM. Not, you have to take one or the other. Who, who is who's more responsible for where the Mets are right now? I got to go with Sandy. I, I think that the roster was flawed enough, and Mickey Callaway hasn't made perfect use of it. But to me, Sandy's job was to build something sustainable. 
And he had every opportunity to do that after a World Series run, even after the 2016 season. Yeah. And it's not sustainable right now. I, I can't foresee a run of success in the coming years, they even did, with the they way did, they're going. But they did make the postseason two years in a row. Last year was an aberration, or at least we thought. not sustainable. No, no, well, it's two years more than they've done almost ever. They've only done it one it time before their history. But it took them four years to build it up for two years of success. Right, and one bad year last year. Now, this was the telling year, obviously, right? They changed managers. They mm-hmm. brought in different talent. I thought, at least, Cespedes thought himself, this was the most loaded that they were going into a year, even including 15 and 16, and now it's falling apart. Are you going to blame Sandy because Michael Conforto can't hit. I mean, is that his fault? And Jay Bruce, all of a sudden, Jay Bruce has one homer and he's hitting a buck. He's hitting under two hundred. The fact in the last that month Jose like, Reyes is on the roster and they don't have anybody better to go to that's than insi- him—that's insignificant. Uh, it was significant. He's making the last out of the game the other night, and, and that's come up time and time again. Mickey Cowley is trying to manage without going to him, and I don't have to just pick on Reyes. Talk about Guillaume being on this team when Collins he doesn't is- appear to be major league. Right, you got three, four guys on this bench that. You just can't go to oh, too, in a big spot. Yeah, the too many 25th men. I get it. It's been like that for a while. Terry Collins did more with less in his time here than Mickey Calloway has done in the last I two I think that's hours. fair to say. I'm not saying Mickey Calloway isn't without blame here, but the roster has been a bigger issue. They've gotten old as far as you know, position players, and the sport has gotten younger at position players. The best you teams blame have Cespedes. young athletic position players. The biggest culprits for the Mets' struggles this year and why they've stunk this year are who? Cespedes, Bruce, Conforto. Has to be those three, right? Well, those are the guys that are expected to be the best players you coming throw, in. You could throw Familia in there as well, if you'd like. Maybe even Syndergaard, because he's been disappointing. Am I going to blame Alderson for that? What else are you looking at? I blame the players. I mean, it's not like nobody injury prone players. It's not the first time they've all been hurt. I I would have brought Cespedes back, so I'm not going to kill Alderson for that. Even though I didn't want Bruce, he wasn't my first choice. I didn't think the signing was a bad one at the time. I mean, did you think maybe he wasn't going to hit 285 with 35 homers? But did you think he was going to be this bad? No, not this bad. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. The number to get involved, and uh, we'll dive into Mickey Callaway versus say Terry Collins. If it would be any different in uh, the bizarro world where Terry sticks around right now in news update.